Jeweler Radio Plus presents Jeweler Innovations Unlocked. Based on Interpol, there are three primary identifiers used to confirm the identification of diseased victims: fingerprints, DNA, and dental records. But believe it or not, Thailand has less than 30 forensic dentists living and working in this country. This is why today, Jula Innovations Unlocked visits Jula Lungkorn University's Faculty of Dentistry to talk to one of Thailand's prominent forensic odontologists about the need to have more forensic dentists in the system. Dr. Picha, thank you so much for your time and welcome to Jula Innovations Unlocked. Thank you and welcome to the Museum of Human Body. Right. Yes, it is quite astonishing. And for those of you who want to visit this place, feel free to visit uh, this museum at the Faculty of Dentistry on Henry Nguyen Street. Yes. Right. Okay. My first question would be: Of all the fields of dentistry, how did you find your way to become a forensic dentist? Um, it began first in um, after I graduated from the Faculty of Dentistry, and mm -hmm. I started working here as a lecturer in the uh, Department of Radiology. Okay. And on that year, at the end of the year, tsunami happened. That was 2004. Yes, mm -hmm. 2004. And so I, I volunteer myself to the south of Thailand yeah. to help with the body identification. Right. And yeah. how did that work out? So I helped them to uh, I helped them taking the X-rays of the the teeth, and after that, I felt that this is the field that we should try to uh, develop in Thailand because. At that time, there was only one forensic odontologist in Thailand. Right. How many are there right now? As we speak? 24. 24. Yes. Mm. Is that enough? I don't think it's enough. You don't think it's enough. Mm. How many should we have in Thailand? Actually, there is no certain number, mm -hmm. but still, I think if something happened, I think we need to have uh, the dentist who who understand this kind of knowledge and right. be able to work on the cases. Um, actually, uh, dental identification is one of the primary identification method of the Interpol. Mm. So it means that uh, we can use the teeth to be able to to identify the persons. Okay. And the teeth is really actually the main the main evidence that can be used. Okay. So apart from other evidence like uh, tattoos. Piercings and you know uh, other physical structures. The teeth yes. can also identify. Actually, according to the Interpol guideline, um, we use uh, primary. There are three primary uh, identification methods: okay. uh, the fingerprint mm -hmm. and the DNA comparison and the dental comparison. Oh. So these are the three scientific methods that. We currently use for human identification. Right. To become a forensic dentist, mm -hmm. must you complete uh, dentistry school, or can you come from other fields of science and then? We have add to on? be a dentist. Yeah. You have to be a dentist. Yeah. Because we need a basic knowledge of uh, dentistry to be able to understand all the restoration on the teeth. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Then, what subjects do we have to study on top of? Dentistry. When I when I study for forensic odontology, I had to study the forensic medicine, mm -hmm. like to go to the autopsy and to learn how how the forensic pathologists works, and also about the DNA, the genetics, mm -hmm. and also the anthropology, the the bones. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't intend to be rude, but I'm sure that the audience at home would very much want to know. Do forensic dentists make as much money as other dentists? 
Of course. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Sad but true. Yeah, sad right, but right. true. At the mm. moment, we don't we don't earn anything from doing all the cases. Yeah. Right. So that means every time you got for a case, including one of the um, celebrities who who, yeah. who drowned uh, recently, you don't get any money. No, nothing. Yeah. Why do you do it? Just I think I do it for the public. Uh -huh. and for the relatives or for the people. Right. Yeah. In, in other countries, do forensic dentists get support from... Or how do they get support? I guess they get support from the government, mm. maybe a, a little bit, mm. but usually the forensic odontologists, they have their own practice. Uh, they can be uh, orthodontists or they can be general practitioners. Right. And when there are cases, then they go and work as a forensic odontologist. Right. It's more like, it's almost like a hobby, but not a hobby, you know? It, it's very serious when yeah, it comes to the crime serious. scene, right? Yes. Can you share with us some of the interesting cases that you've been through? Yeah. Um, usually when the forensic pathologists or forensic doctors, as we call them, um, call me, they, they would call me if they cannot identify the body. Mm. So it means the body must be decomposed very decomposed that you cannot recognize the person okay. or uh, is skeletonized or just some partial remains. Okay. So, and there was one time I was called, um, I have a friend at Jula Longkorn uh, Hospital who worked as a forensic doctor and he called me and he asked me there is a, a body that was cut to pieces and being frozen yeah, in the freezer. And so he called me to help identify the body by doing the examination of the teeth. Right. Yeah. And the finding was? So um, he was a foreigner mm. and we did all the dental examination very thoroughly. And we did all the x-rays, the full mouth x-rays. So we took an x-ray of all teeth and then we waited for the, for the dental records from, from the leaf from the dentist, yeah. From abroad, where he's, yeah, he, where he came from. from. Abroad. Right, so not only that, I mean, if you can identify uh, what the individual's teeth looks like, but mm -hmm. then you will have to compare yes. with the original records. Yeah. How do we manage that in terms of information and images? Um, so we try to make, um, we call it post-mortem, so it's after death. So we try to make the post-mortem dental records as good as possible mm -hmm. and we contact the police and the police will contact maybe the embassy to be able to get the information from abroad okay yeah right what can the teeth of a dead person tell us actually the teeth from the dead person is they are like the teeth of the living persons. Right. They have uh, restorations, the crowns or the fillings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have the orthodontic instruments okay. and their teeth can be quite unique and how the alignment of the, all the teeth and mm -hmm. how the shape looks like, things okay. like that. So just from looking at the teeth, can you be able to tell the gender? The gender can be quite difficult. Difficult. But the age, age. we can approximate the age of the person from the teeth. Race or nationality? Can be sometimes. There are some features that are specific for the, some ethnicities. Right. Yeah. You mentioned in an interview that a dead person's teeth can talk. What do you mean by that? So even if they are dead, I mean, the, the, the teeth can still give us information. Mm -hmm. that, um, so the information that can bring them back to their family. Mm. 
that's how it is. Okay, apart from identifying a dead person, mm -hmm. can we determine the cause of death by just looking at the teeth? I think that will be quite difficult. So we have to work together with the forensic doctors mm. and maybe with the forensic scientists. Yeah, so we have to like to do the multidisciplinary approach for that. Right. How many universities in Thailand teach forensic ophthalmology? Nowadays, I think there's only one place in, in Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai University. There is one um, PhD in forensic osteology and odontology. It's like a combine between the bone and teeth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's only one place? Yes, only one place. But I hear that you do have plans to be approaching some people to be opening your own course here yes. in July. Yes, I'm planning because um, the other day we, I just had um, a meeting in my faculty about opening a course or trying to open a course for mm. as a postgraduate study for the forensic odontology. Right. Yeah. I mean, in terms of practice, I mean, what would be the drive for an individual to become a forensic dentist? The pay is pretty low. Mm -hmm. You have to work with dead bodies, pretty much quite often decayed. Mm -hmm. And you get called at you know, times where you know, sometimes at night and all. Yeah. Um, for me, if you ask me, it's my personal preference of personal passion. Passion, yeah, mm -hmm. can be. Um, because I went to the tsunami, maybe mm -hmm. that's one of the big inspiration that I felt that we need to do it. Right. But, um, and I mean, I don't want any disaster to happen, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that one day it will. And people will need to understand that we need this kind of knowledge to be able to help in case something happen. Yeah. Right. How do other countries treat forensic dentists? I think some countries don't have forensic odontologists, mm -hmm. but some country they have forensic odontologists. Like for example, in Southeast Asia, I think in Indonesia, they have several forensic odontologists mm -hmm. because um, their country, they have a lot of disasters. Oh. It's, how, yeah, it's how it works. And also in Japan, they also have forensic odontologists. Right. And like when I studied in Belgium, there were also a few forensic odont odontologists over there because right. there was some disaster that happened before. Right. Yeah. Were there any like classic cases I mean, not only in Thailand, but maybe around the world, that forensic, forensic dentists like you cracked the case? Actually, we forensic dentists can work on identification and the age estimation and also the bite mark analysis. And in the US, um, many years ago, before the DNA comparison was available, mm. um, there was one serial killer, Ted Bundy, mm -hmm. and they, the police caught them and used the bite mark analysis to be able to convict that Ted Bundy just beat the person. One of the victims. Yeah, one of the victims. Oh, and that was the yeah. This, the, and that was a factor that closed the case. Yes. Ah, I see. It's very, very famous. It's mm -hmm. a very, very famous case for the bite mark analysis. Okay. Now, jumping back to your day job. Apart from being a forensic dentist, your day job is being a radiologist. Yes. Right. What, what exactly does a radiologist, radiologist. do? So yeah. Actually, I teach in the university. I teach dental students um, radiology. And we take x-rays for the patients mm. to use for diagnosis. Mm. And we also do the interpretation of the x-rays, the mm. radiographs, to give the diagnosis and the treatment plan that they will need. Right. Yeah. Usually, I teach 
in a, a lecture. I give a lecture to dental students mm -hmm. and I will be also in the clinic uh, to supervise the dental, dental students to take, uh, to practice taking the x-rays on the patients, on real patients. And then I also do the interpretation mm -hmm. of the cases like um, both two-dimensional and three-dimensional uh, images. Right. Yeah, of the facial region uh, and teeth, yes. I see. Now, that's one part of your life. Yes. The other part is being a forensic dentist, mm -hmm. right? What's the most difficult part? I think because we don't know when it's going to happen. Mm. It can happen on the day that I was very busy, mm. or you can be very busy on that day and you didn't plan to, to go to do the examination, but then if someone called me, then I have to leave other things behind and then go right away to the autopsy room. Right. Okay, so you don't have to go to the crime scene or no. at the site, but at... At the autopsy room. Autopsy room. Yes. After they already bring the body. I see. But this is just an individual case, like uh -huh. there is only one person dead. Right. But if there is a disaster, like a bomb or anything like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. then there must be another kind of management. We call it disaster management. Okay. Then we have to make plans to, to do and finish all the work. Yeah. Right. From taking the images from the teeth, from examination to collecting the data, what sort of technology or um, perhaps artificial intelligence mm -hmm. would you need to make your job easier? At the moment, we depend a lot on the person. Yes, but um, we need to take x-rays. Uh, we use uh, digital x-rays at the moment. Mm -hmm. So we take the portable x-ray machine mm -hmm. to the the autopsy room and then we take the x-rays we use the sensor digital sensor to be able to capture the mm. x-ray images okay. and then we store it in the computer on the laptop and then we can use it to help with the comparison but i think the ai can possibly help with the comparison software mm -hmm. if available because nowadays i think they are not really available yet um, in wider market right yeah, to, to help to see if that person can be the person, can be this person or not. Right. Yeah, for example, if we have um, 10 dental records and we want to know if these 10 dental records can be this person. Mm -hmm. So we have to find the similar um, similarities between the records right. and see the possibilities. Ah, yeah, so I in, think that in, AI can help. I, so, so you're saying that in many cases, it's not like 100% accurate. No. It's a percentage of variations? Yeah, because most of the time, we depend a lot on the restorations on the teeth. Mm -hmm. And if that person has only one or two restorations, it can be quite difficult to, to say exactly that, yeah, this is the person, this right. is it. Yeah, you have to make, try to find many features as much as possible. I see. Now, if the body is buried underground or kept in a fridge, like yeah. you mentioned, that's one thing. But what happens if there are cases like infernal? Yeah, uh -huh. we, we had those kind of cases. The, the teeth could be very fragile mm. Yeah, because with the heat and everything, it's quite difficult to take the x-rays of those charred uh, body, burnt body. and. Yeah, it can be quite challenging. Right. And if a body was killed in a car accident mm -hmm. where perhaps the uh, facial bone structure was 
uh, corrupted. Mm -hmm. would, would, would that affect your Yeah, of course. Field? It will be quite difficult. But then you may need to try to use other evidence, like mm -hmm. the DNA, if still available. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you cannot get it from the flesh, you can get it from the bones. Right. Yeah. Now, with all this data, it, it, it's important that you have to compare yes. with the data you have before. Yes. Now, with the Personal Data Protection Act, PDPA, mm -hmm. is that making your job a bit difficult? Not really. Not to retrieve information, in, personal information from a person presumed dead? Um, for example, if there's one, one unknown body and I do all the examination already finished and I have the post-mortem dental data, then we have to um, work with the police. The police will be the one who contact the hospital mm. or the dental clinics. According to the Thai law, they will have to get as much as as much information as possible to right. be able to help with the case. It doesn't slow down the process. No, though. no, it doesn't at all. I've always heard that you have to visit the doctor twice a year, yes. brush your teeth every day, floss if possible. Mm -hmm. Would that really affect the quality and strength of your teeth? And once you're somehow buried in the ground somewhere, and somebody finds you, will that like make your teeth more durable? I think not directly because mm. if you go and visit your dentist um, every six months and sometimes the dentist will take x-rays and then they will have the records of your teeth as an x-ray and radiographs oh. and then I think that one is very important important evidence once if you are buried in the ground not you no. but <laughs> anyone anyone, anyone yeah, yeah, is much. buried in the ground and then we take the skull out and then we can see the teeth even all the soft tissue is already decomposed the teeth remains right so you can still take x-rays of the skull and compare it with um, the records from the clinic right should we kind of set this as a national agenda where at the age of seven everybody gets an ID card perhaps at the age of a certain age everybody gets a dental x-ray as a record I think it's have to you have to think that x-ray is radiation so if you want to take x-ray on the patients you need to have an a reason of an objective that you want to do the follow-up of something or you want to see if there is decay but if you don't have any reason you shouldn't take the x-rays mm. because the the patient will will get the extra radiation that they and not that is not necessary. Oh, okay. So we use it as low as possibly achievable, reasonably achievable. Right. Is there anything you'd like to tell to the authorities or people in charge at all levels regarding how much more support you need in order for us Thailand to have more forensic dentists? I think first I have to try to make a course happen. Mm. And But um, for the authorities, I think it would be very useful, for example, if, if someone like a person goes to um, a clinic or a hospital and they are registered in the system. So one day if that person went missing, then you can see that, okay, this person went to that clinic or went to that hospital and then the police can contact the clinic or the mm. hospital to trace back to see if 
they have any dental evidence that they can use. Right. Because now I think this is the thing that we are lacking. Mm. So if I ask the relatives or the friends, they don't know, even the families, they don't know that that person, where the person go to, to have the dental check. Well, Dr. Pisha, I'm sure that you will be another individual who will be making positive changes to the dental fields and perhaps influence and inspire more people to become forensic dentists. Thank you so much for your time, Doctor. Thank you so much. Chula Innovations Unlocked is produced and presented by Super John Klinsawan. This program is brought to you by Chula Longhorn University. Thank you.